wanted to dedicate uh, this show to federal student aid aggregate loan limits. Uh, the reasoning behind uh, this topic is due to the fact that uh, this week, um, as I was reviewing files for clients, I uh, ran over ran into one of the files uh, that had a situation where the student uh, was a dependent student who attended uh, school in the 16-17 award year, uh, received a bachelor's degree from a liberal arts college, and has a aggregate loan debt limit of $34,999 and uh, the file I was reviewing for this particular student was to enroll at an aesthetic school and would be um, awarded an additional $6,333 so now the total owed for uh, this student in particular is $41,332 and I thought it was important to bring this up because of the fact that um, there's a lot of folks out there that do not know that the federal um, student aid has uh, aggregate loan limits and the aggregate loan limit for a subsidized loan is $23,000 and the aggregate loan limit for unsub loan if you are a, a student that is um, dependent is uh, limited to uh, a total of $8,000 without a plus loan denial confirmation. So that brings your total to $31,000. And if you are an independent student or a dependent student with a plus loan denial, that unsub um, aggregate loan limit is $34,500 and you add that to the $23,000 aggregate loan limit for a subloan and that equals $57,500. Uh, the reason why I felt that this was a good topic for today um, was not only because to share this scenario with you but as we all know here in the United States we have a huge huge issue with student loan debt and I know that there has been a lot of talk uh, lately with uh, the new administration uh, coming in and um, wanting to um, do uh, student loan debt forgiveness and uh, I just want to say that um, while that sounds maybe like a good idea to most individuals um, I'm going to put it out there that there has been multiple years that student loan debt has been written off and forgiven. And uh, it still has not helped the, the situation that we currently have at hand. It just hasn't. And the main reason is, is because the majority of the students out there that may have gotten a portion of their debt uh, written off, um, they were not able to find actual jobs within the, the system and uh, so they're not able to pay into the system and uh, for those of you that may not be um, familiar with how this system works um, without taxpayer money there would be no money for student loans 
uh, to be provided. So what I have uh, dedicated this year of service um, with my company is to um, educate as many people as possible, not only students and their families, but also uh, along the lines of um, educating financial aid professionals. And while I understand that with myself being an independent financial aid professional, meaning that I don't work for particular schools, uh, I have schools that hire me to review their files, but I'm not hired to process their files for them. Meaning that if you are um, a student and that may be applying to, let's, I'm just gonna say a four-year college, and you can apply to the four-year school uh, and they will process your application and then they're gonna look to you and say, okay, this is how much you received in financial aid. Um, from the federal government after you fill out the FAFSA. This is how much you're eligible to receive for this particular year. Um, but there's always a gap. And what that means is, is that the package that you receive from federal student aid does not cover the full amount of your tuition for the first year or second year or third and subsequent years. So there's always a gap between how much the school is charging and how much you are going to actually owe after you receive your federal student aid and if you get any scholarships which I highly encourage while we're talking about scholarships that you do apply for because those are that is free money that you would not have to pay back um, but within that gap um, there's a substantial amount of money that has to has to basically be um, provided to pay for the education for to that institution or school. So um, some gaps are as large as $35,000 and I don't know of uh, a situation without parental help that a student who is graduating high school has actual um, that amount of money um, because usually I'm I'm working with uh, students that are on the lower income side um, and I can tell you that for a fact they don't they don't have those funds um, to uh, come up with the gap sometimes and uh, or pay for the gap I should say so um, we have a real problem in the United States and right now we're at 1.7 trillion that's trillion dollars in student aid debt and uh, the reason for that is because of the fact that the files are processed and um, and then if let's just say for whatever reason you go for a semester but you just then end up finding out that one the program that you have enrolled in it's not your cup of tea two you decide that um, you no longer want to attend that school and you still have this debt owed and if you go to transfer to another institution you're carrying in the debt you're also going to be limiting yourself at the new institution and if you don't pay off what you owe the institution that you were attending and now decided that you no longer want to attend they can hold your transcript which is required when you move on to your next institution um, as collateral until you pay the debt and then you will not, you know, in order for you to be able to move on and enroll into that other institution that you may be looking at. 
you really need to educate yourself and that's why um, I established my business um, and while I'm working more so um, with financial aid professionals um, I am happy to also work with students in their families and so uh, to help educate them as well and what I would like to do is um, extend an offer to um, folks whether you're student a parent or you are a financial aid professional uh, to join me in a discussion uh, and to help you answer the questions that you may be wondering how this all is going to work for you. Um, I can tell you right now that this particular student um, that I gave the scenario on, um, those the current aggregate debt uh, loan limit is now in deferment. Um, as is a lot of uh, student loans right now. Um, they, because of the fact that with the pandemic, um, everything has been halted and originally it was supposed to go back into repayment at the end of the year. Uh, that did not happen. Um, then they said that it would probably go back into repayment at the end of January. That didn't happen. Actually, it got extended. And it's extended all the way to September 30th of 2021, which is the end of the actual fixed school year for the federal government. So um, with that amount of money that is currently um, being uh, deferred, uh, nothing's getting paid back in. So the debt is just going to keep growing. And eventually, um, if the debt you know, continues as is, your great-grandchildren are going to end up having to pay with their taxpayer dollars. And they're, I mean, they're not even born yet. So again, this is something that we all need to uh, be aware of. Um, we need to educate ourselves on and we need to make sure that we are basically living within our means. And uh, I know in the United States, credit is more prevalent than not, but I can tell you that over in Europe, uh, those folks over there do not live on credit. In fact, um, for them to actually um, go above their means and extend themselves out to where they have to ask for a loan and um, you know start uh, making payments, um, th that's a huge, huge decision for them. And I'm not saying that it's not for Americans, but for Americans, it seems like, you know, it's like, okay, you want to go out and buy a $20,000 car? Um, or nowadays, I guess a new car isn't even $20,000. You're looking more at maybe a $30,000 car. Um, you know, you sit down for the finance for the, for the car loan, and it's like, okay, yep, this is what I plan on paying based on my income. And then you go and drive off uh, with that brand new car that depreciates as soon as you drive it off the lot. And... Uh, you may or may not still have the same income within, you know, the next six months, depending on how steady your work is. Uh, so then at that point, you're paying for a vehicle uh, that, you know, again, depreciated uh, to maybe as much as $8,000. So now you have a $30,000 loan with the vehicle that may only be worth $23,000 at the time you drove it off the lot. Um, and, uh, you know, you're already upside down. So I, uh, again, just want to make sure that everybody understands, 
um, how the system works. And uh, for a long time, uh, I've been in the finance um, world. I've uh, been in the federal student aid uh, world for about 14 years now. Uh, prior to that, I was in mortgage lending and during the 2008 crash, uh, I saw it coming. I uh, actually lost my job over it. Um, and it was all with regards to closing loans um, with the, um, at the time the mortgage uh, lender was countrywide. Um, and for those of you that may be of my age, which I am 50 something, <laughs> you um, would probably uh, recognize that name. But um, yeah, there was a lot of things going on um, in the background that shouldn't have been going on. And uh, I saw it, I called it out. And uh, because I wouldn't close the loans after a while, um, because I could not sleep at night based on what I was seeing um, families get themselves into without understanding the full ramifications. Um, yeah, I, I put myself out there and uh, when I called them out on it, uh, I basically was told I was no longer needed. And uh, probably, I think right after I lost my job, there was probably maybe a total of six months and then all of a sudden everything just hit the fan. So I uh, just want to put it out there that um, when it comes to uh, financial aid advisors who work at colleges, they're there to help you. They're definitely there to help you, but they're also there to do a job. And if they don't close a loan or get a student enrolled, then that's money taken away from the operating expenses of the college. And if there are no students enrolling in the school or students that are paying back the debt that is owed, then that school can't operate. And if the school can't operate, then the school's gonna eventually close. Uh, so um, they're there to help the students, but they're also there to work for the schools. And uh, so they have a job to do. They need to close those loans. They need to get the enrollments in. Uh, but they are also there to answer your questions with regards to your financing. But when it comes to whether or not you can actually pay for the education, they can see it on paper that maybe you may not be able to. But they can't sit there and say, nope, this isn't the school for you because you're the one that's chosen that school. So what you need to do if you are a student um, and or a parent of a college student, um, you need to really sit down and determine whether or not the school that you are wanting to attend is something that is that you can afford. And if you can't afford it, there is nothing wrong, nothing wrong with saying, okay, I may not be able to afford this particular institution, or school go to this school, but I can get the equivalent education at this other institution or school that I can afford. And it's all about, again, just making that determination so that you're able to live comfortably within your means and you're not overextending yourself. Because I can tell you from my paralegal days that student loans um, cannot be discharged in a bankruptcy. And the reason for that is, is because again, it's funded with taxpayer dollars. So if for some reason you find yourself in a situation down the road where you may need to file for bankruptcy, 
those loans will have to be included on your bankruptcy petition, uh, but they will not be part of the loans that would be discharged. So I uh, need to make you aware of that. I also want to make you aware of um, when you go to apply for your own mortgages, that your debt to income ratio comes into play. Whereas when you're applying for federal student aid, uh, for PLUS loans for parents, uh, there is a credit check ran um, and you are either approved or denied. But if you're an actual student applying, you're automatically approved. Unless for some reason you do have an aggregate loan limit and then you are able to be awarded uh, what you still have available within those loan limits that I had um, spelled out um, earlier. And, uh, and if you start repaying back on those um, loan limits, then that opens up your eligibility again. But uh, that is basically how the system works. And um, I've seen it time and time again where there are students there that have overextended themselves and to the point where some students, um, when they are graduating high school, um, they have no idea what they want to do. And so they enroll in college and uh, they, you know, are taking courses which can be applied to uh, whatever program that they you know, or degree that they decide to eventually obtain. Um, but if you're going to, um, let's say, I'm just going to put it out there, a liberal arts college, unless you're planning on being a teacher uh, or, or, or doing something with that liberal arts degree, which is broad and you're able to apply it, um, it's a little different, though, than going to, uh, say, cosmetology school, where you know that within 1,500 hours, you're going to have your certificate and be able to go to a, a salon and rent a booth and actually start having income from the, from the get-go. Uh, where at, you know, or if you decide you want to be a welder um, or, um, there, you know, HVAC. You know you can get your certificate doing that so I'm just putting out there that when you are shopping for colleges or are making the determination as to what you want to do um, after high school that you really take in consideration you know what your interests are and, and what your passion is and, and don't do it just because maybe your parents are saying that you know oh it would be great if you like you know, become an attorney or it'd be great if you become a doctor. Yeah, it would be great if you become a doctor, but if you don't want to be a doctor, then you're doing this for some someone else. And if your heart's not in it, then, you know, you need to take a step back and just really take in consideration what you're, what you're doing because of the fact that, you know, we're talking a lot, a lot of money here. So, um, I just, uh, again, felt the need to uh, make the show dedicated to the federal student aid aggregate loan limits. And I also wanted to briefly um, tell you about um, an article that I came across yesterday in Inside Higher Ed. And uh, this was published yesterday, and it's regarding um, a major loan servicer that settles a Massachusetts lawsuit. 
Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency settles a lawsuit alleging it prevented hundreds of thousands from having loans forgiven or reduced. And what has happened is this. The loan servicer was tasked with handling a federal loan forgiveness program agreed to review and in some cases pay off the loans of more than 200,000 Massachusetts borrowers to settle a lawsuit brought against it by Massachusetts Attorney General's office. The Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistant Agency, which operates under the name Fed Loan Servicing, exclusively administers the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program and the Teach Grant Program nationally. Now, the company had been accused by Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey in 2017 of unfair and deceptive acts in which the company alleged errors and misinformation prevented people from making payments toward having their loans canceled under the National Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. The um, Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program was a program that was instituted and uh, basically the way it was set up was if you were going into becoming a teacher or a public servant such as um, a doctor, um, let's see here, let me just make sure I understand. That there were, um, I'm sorry, social workers, nurses, firefighters, and other, other public service workers from receiving loan forgiveness. So it was along those lines. And what you needed to do is if you enrolled and you got a degree in, in the, that field of work and um, you got a job and you paid for 10 years, um, we're paying towards your loans for 10 years, then after the 10 year mark, you could go and apply for student loan forgiveness because you fell under that category. Well, what happened was, is when the students who fell under this criteria went to apply for public loan forgiveness, uh, Pennsylvania Higher Ed basically said, you know, they were making, putting roadblocks in the way saying that, you know, no, this isn't, you know, this, you don't qualify basically for the loan forgiveness. So that's why the lawsuit came to be. And um, now, uh, as of yesterday, when this article was written, um, the, it's been settled and uh, it looks like these loans are gonna be forgiven. Um, and there's also um, a, another uh, petition out there against um, the old Sally Mae. Um, where uh, it, who is now I think Navient, um, and they are actually in the process of. Uh, they were ordered by the education department to repeat, repay twenty-two million to its former sister company Sally May, as it had overcharged the agency for federal subsidies in the early two thousands. Um, and on Monday, three student loan borrowers also reportedly filed a petition in a New York bankruptcy court to force Navient's servicing arm into bankruptcy, alleging they were owed $45 million in money the company illegally collected. So there's a lot going on um, with regards to student loan forgiveness um, and with this particular, these particular cases, I should say. Um, but having... Um, said that 
um, again, you just, you want to be really careful um, when you are um, looking to apply to school, um, making sure that you can afford to go to the school and not overextending yourself to the point where you're paying for it um, basically into your retirement years. And for parents, um, I, I totally understand you want to help out your, your children, and but you also need to understand that um, there's a lot of parents out there that have taken on loan debt and it's to the point now where these the parents that have taken on the loan debt have overextended themselves and uh, they are in the process of not being able to retire uh, because of the fact that they are going to be having to um, pay off this huge debt as well and um, for those parents that are on a fixed income um, meaning social security and um, pensions um, and have overextended themselves um, you know it it's just a sad state of affairs and uh, there are ways that um, this can be prevented in the future so if you have any questions with regards to today's show please send me an email at d anderson at dasfinancialaidconsultingservices.com. I will ha- be happy to answer any questions for you. Also, um, I am. Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook um, under uh, D. Anderson Sharples. That's my, um, actually my uh, private page, but you can also look me up under DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services and also Financial Aid Compliance Solutions. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Dana Anderson, and uh, I am also on Twitter, um, and you can uh, find me under DAS underscore Fin8 on Twitter. Um, But I am here to help y'all. I'm happy to serve. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, And again, as I stated, my main goal is is to help everyone understand the process of financial aid um, and also help. Uh, quell the uh, current growing student loan debt that we have here in the United States. So after all of that, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Um, I know for most of us, it's a long um, holiday weekend with President's Day on Monday. And uh, I hope everybody's doing well. I know uh, things are still continuing with the pandemic. In fact, I uh, that's why I was off for two weeks um, from the live show here because of the fact that um, while I did not have COVID, um, I will say that I ended up with a cold <laughs> to the point where I just couldn't talk without coughing. So that was a bit annoying. But anyways, so I want to thank you all for tuning in today. Um, I hope this information was helpful. And as always, um, you know, I'm here to help. So please, again, feel free to reach out to me and I am ready to serve. So everyone take care, have a great week, and I will be catching you next week at 1130 Eastern Standard Time. Talk to you soon.